Boom, and we're with the Wrestle Down. Uh, this is Jared Palapal, Twitter.com, Swing Dingling. My co-host, Dennis Bruno. At Sensei Danny B on Twitter, bring in the lightning and thunder. Cow, cow. Bow, 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 bow. And our mascot, Keaton the Kitten Man. You want to say anything, buddy? Sorry, he's union. Yeah. <laughs> There he goes. He sniffed the microphone. He smelled it. It was good. And we're here for a very special WrestleMania preview show with our first guest, my good half, uh, Alyssa Spinner. How are you doing, honey? Doing all right. Super pumped for the weekend. Yes. Yeah. We are going to stardom. We are, I'm going to go to the Orange Cassidy show with uh, Dennis, Dennis, and uh, we'll all go to Wrestle fucking Mania. Yeah. Woo! To face Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, at this point, is something last second like that happening? Yeah. Would not surprise me. Right? Um, let's see. So, just to, like, get started. Alyssa, um, do you want to talk about a little bit about, like, uh, how you got into wrestling, basically? And, like, yeah. Well, to be honest, okay. um, when this, this one here told me that he flew all the way to Los Angeles to see a wrestling pro wrestling show and then flew back that same night. I thought he was a little crazy. <laughs> but then we but you know, um he was so passionate about it and I wanted to learn more about his interests. But then I saw this one show and between these wrestlers Bailey and Sasha and there's just so much heart, so much beautiful choreography that I got pretty hooked. I mean, I don't watch it as much as these guys do, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. So, like, would you say Sasha Bailey are your favorites? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Nia Jax. Awesome. So, here's the thing. What, what, what I think we should do is there's 16 matches scheduled for the card right now. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit about each of them, get you caught up, because you don't watch it regularly. I think no. The last thing we watched would have been uh, probably we watched the women's match and the uh, main event from Elimination Chamber. Yes. Right? Yeah, I think that yeah, was the last yeah. thing. And maybe some stardom in, in between. Yes. Uh, so we saw some stardom a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, so we'll... Let's just... Actually, I was pretty high when we watched Stardust. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you don't remember it? Uh, no, I remember it. Okay. I feel like it enhanced the experience. Okay, well, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> um, I mean, whenever we've gone to an indie event, we have to stand and there's no seats. Getting high doesn't hurt. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It makes me want to get some in my bloodstream like before Mania. Yeah. Or oh. I'm there for seven oh, hours. It's going to be so long. Be dope. Yeah, so we can try that. Yep. Um, I don't know if I'll edit this part out. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think uh, we should just go match by match and explain the storyline going in. Yep. And get your reaction okay. if it ex excites you. Um, can so, well, okay, can yeah. I start with the first one? Actually, I think... Oh, wait. Let's start with the women's tag match because okay. it has all of Alyssa's favorites yes. in it in one gulp. That's a good uh, idea. Oh, boy. Yes. So, the women's ta tag team championships will be defended uh, with... The Boston Hug Connection, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Woo! Yes. Yeah! Versus Nia Jax and Tamina. Oh, boy. Versus <laughs> Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Yeah. Versus the Iconics, Peyton Royce and uh, Billy Kay. Iconic! Yeah. So the story... Dennis, do you want to explain the storyline between this? Because I barely remember. Yep. Um, so... To try to summarize this as quickly as possible, the women didn't have tag belts until Elimination Chamber. Right. And then Sasha and Bailey won them. 
And basically, Sasha and Bailey deserve to, to oh, have saw won. That. I saw that match. That was awesome. It was great. And they deserve to win it. And the match was well wrestled. Nia Jax and Tamina won't leave them alone. Um, they've already been beaten. They just won't leave them alone. And in the tag world of WWE, they won't go away. Yeah. And they beat up... Uh, Beth Phoenix was on commentary last time they fought. And they just beat her up for no real reason. Yep. And that brought her out of retirement. Correct. And Natalia was her tag team partner when she was active. And uh, Sasha and Bailey said they were going to show up on all the different brands of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Yep. Uh, and the Iconics, well, they never showed up on SmackDown, really. And the Iconics were like, you're, you're not showing up. Yeah. And that happened for about a month. And now they're all in a match together. Yeah. It, it's, the same, it's the same thing as every men's tag team title program at the moment, which is that they don't get a lot of attention, and a team will show up, challenge the champions, and then it's made. Yeah. Like, there's no discussion. It just happens. Yeah. So that's how the Iconics are. And I'm just like, we want championship titles, too. And they're like, okay, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. How's that sound? <laughs> uh, I'm excited already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normally, I get lost in the weeds during tag yeah. teams, but this one, like, I feel like I'm going to be at the edge of my seat. I think yeah. it's, I think it's just going to be a lot of stuff happening at once, and it's just right. going to be, you know, fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be quick. Uh, it'll probably be indiscernible from the bout royale that'll happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, six of the women in the match are very athletic and know technically what to do in the ring, and that's everybody who is in Nia Jax and mm. Tamina. Tamina is just somebody who has stuck around based off of having a famous dad. And I, if, if you can name three of her accomplishments, <laughs> go I, ahead. I can't. I think she's just a good person to have on the roster. One. As like a okay, <laughs> yeah, that's all. <laughs> I like different body types sure. in different styles. Um, cool. All right, which match did you want to do as the first one? Yeah, um, so the Revival, the Raw Tag Team Champions are oh, facing yeah. uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder because Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder asked. Yes. That's it. That is, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Um, this happened Monday. Yeah, Monday, uh, the Revival had been feuding with uh, Aleister Black and Ricochet. Um, Ooh, Ricochet. Yes. Yeah. And they won the match that they had, and then backstage... Uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Uh, Kurt Hawkins is being a guy who has been on a, what, 260 match losing streak now? Correct. Yeah. They asked politely. <laughs> yeah. And they got it. They asked politely. The Revival told them, uh, we'll, we'll think about it. And then the WWE was like, oh, you won't just think about it. Yeah. You'll do it. Yes. Um, so much for politeness, huh? Yes. Yeah. It works sometimes in wrestling. Right. Samoa Joe had to pretend to be Finn Balor's friend for a summer <laughs> to get the title shot. Yep. So sometimes people are nice. Um, because you're excited about Ricochet, right. so the Raw, the SmackDown tag team title match, it's Ricochet and Aleister Black. Uh, they are fighting the Usos, and the Usos run the Uso Penitentiary, which Ooh, is amazing. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Um, plus Shinsuke Nakamura and um, yeah. uh, Rusev are a team, and they're also fighting The Bar. So it's a fatal four-way. Yeah. I love Shinsuke, but I'm not uh, sure about how I feel about his, like, latest yeah. tactics. Yeah. Yep. What do you mean by that? Um, the... Let's see, is this a family show? Or? No. No. Okay. I thought no. Um, the uh, dick kicking. Yeah. I don't think he's done that in a while, though. I mean, he's really? still he's still technically healed, but when was the last time he... Well, listen, I can't remember... you watched more recently than I have. That's true. So, like, there has been, like, a million matches between the last time I watched and true. the last one you watched. Right. True. 
Um, no, I was just gonna say that's why he's been losing. He stopped. <laughs> he stopped kicking people in the dick. Yeah, it was it was his secret weapon, and he stopped. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, he could he could have taken on Brock Lesnar. Yes, if you know their match hadn't broken his spirit in Japan. Yeah, but it just seems ang- like it's just his general spirit. Because like when I first saw him, I was attracted to his like pure athleticism and like mm-hmm. you know like I like heart in a wrestler, but mm-hmm. yeah. he just seems angry now. Mm. From what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jerry and I have talked about this a little bit before, but Shinsuke, um, were were you, like, getting into wrestling at the time that Jinder Mahal won the, the title? Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. You don't have to be a fan for years to understand why Jinder was infuriating. Or, okay. Oh, he, I've watched, like, two or three matches of him, and he infuri- and those stupid Singh brothers. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So, Shinsuke, like, his big first, like, world title opportunity on SmackDown was against Jinder, and he lost because of the Singh brothers. Right. You're, that's exactly... And there were a bunch of problematic promos about, like, Shinsuke, and oh, he talked yeah. funny and everything, and they just... They lean into racist things sometimes because they're lazy, but... I mean, similar to, like, what Jer said about Brock Lesnar broke his spirit a little bit in New Japan 13, 14 years ago, like... They just didn't have anything for him until he won the Rumble, and then he started kicking AJ Styles in the dick for four months, and then he didn't win the title. So yeah. he's, he is angry. Yeah, he's probably just chilling out, enjoying surfing on the weekends. Mm. Um, not this weekend, though. No. This week is WrestleMania. Bam, surfing bam, 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 bam. into a, a coast of pain. <laughs> Want to talk about the cruiser, cruiser match? Yeah, dude, yeah. We, we saw 205 Live once. Uh <laughs> Yeah, we did though. We no, went to the in, we, in person. Yeah, yeah, we went yes. to the Lowell show that was underattended. Oh I, yeah, yeah, that show. Yeah, the, the, right before everything changed. Yeah, because Enzo Amore got fired. Right. Um, but the so they had a cruiserweight uh, tournament, as they seem to do annually now, mm-hmm. and uh, the winner was one Tony Nese. Do you remember him? Vaguely. You don't have to lie. You can say no. His <laughs> whole thing is that he has eight abs. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he'll be fighting Buddy Murphy, who wasn't on the roster when we saw them, but he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely, I think this is going to be probably the best match on the pre-show. Yeah. Um, the pre-show being defined as we're going to get there around 5, and yeah. the real show starts at 7, but there will yeah, be some yeah. matches happening. Generally speaking, do you say that you would like you like Kenny Omega and how Kenny Omega wrestles? Have you guys watched a lot of? Yes, we we've watched a few matches of his. Yeah, we've seen the Jericho, the yeah the Jericho one and uh, one of the Okada ones, the short one. Okay, so the best way to try to describe Buddy Murphy is that he's an Australian version of Kenny Omega. He's not; okay. they're not the same. But um, on purpose, Omega cribs a lot of his moves, like running knee strikes and a lot of just very fast and very like jump heavy offense but he's also one of the strongest people on 205 so he's can, he's called the juggernaut yeah so he's got like a really strong center of gravity he can flip people his his finishing move is murphy's law where it's just kind of like a pendulum slam yeah um of course it's called that of yeah. course it is it's a pretty good name you gotta yeah admit. <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah and basically the story is that, like, the, he's so obnoxious and in good shape and, and like, a jerk champion that the only one who gets along with him is Tony Nese. And now the question is, how are they going to fight? Mm. Yes, because they were friends, and then uh, as soon as Tony Nese won the tournament, uh, Buddy Murphy beat him up. Yep. Because maybe now we got bad blood. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That they, did they use bad blood for one of the promos at some point? I think they did. Are you they serious? Sh- yeah. For they like should. A, for a SummerSlam, I think they did. They did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's too perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and he's Billie Eilish for NXT this year, which is pretty cool. You should see her in a crown. <laughs> um, let's see. We got we did the tag titles. Uh, let's do let's fucking do the rest of the pre-show. Okay. Um, because right now it's the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, mm-hmm. which in which it's kind of like the Royal Rumble in that uh, the way to win is to throw a bunch of people mm-hmm. over the top rope, etc. But everybody starts in the ring at the same time, so it's not like people coming in one by one. It's really just to get everybody a paycheck. Yeah. Um, the big storyline going into this is uh, Braun Strowman. I remember him. Yep. Uh, he has been feuding with uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che from SNL. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to wrestle? Yes. Uh, yes, they are entered in. Uh, they, they, uh, they were signed on as correspondent. Um, and the, um, the, I think Colin Jost said that wrestling is fake. And, uh, oh no, that's like a nut kick right there. <laughs> it yes. is in a way it is. And then uh, Braun Strowman beat up Colin Joe's car, and they're now in this this thing that who knows. Right. Yeah. Mm. Oh, does that sound interesting? <laughs> it does. I kind of want to. S- like I've seen a few Michael Chavitz. I want to see how he holds up in the ring. It's like pure <laughs> curiosity. That's a good take. I yeah. Mean, What's what's fun about what what Jerry was talking about about how Braun Strowman beat up a car in in preparation of this match? Um, it was specifically an orange like sports car that immediately after this aired went on sale at Mattel, like oh, uh, through Mattel at Kmart. Yeah, they made the toy and then they made the segment based on the toy, mm. which is a very Transformers way of right uh, creating toys and segments. Which I mean, as far as Braun Strowman has been going, his like streak of being put in big matches and then losing this isn't bad. Like, at least he's on the show. Last year, he won the tag team titles with a 10-year-old. And before that... Wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Go ahead. Oh, wait. What? (laughs) How? Why? Okay. Okay, the the bar were the tag team champions going in, right? Correct. Okay, they were the champions going in, and they had uh, a battle royale, similar to this one, for tag teams. Uh, where the winner would go on to fight the bar at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braun Strowman won by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for like a month afterwards, he was like teasing, like, I have a special partner and you don't know who it is or whatever, and I'll reveal it at WrestleMania. He had a relative that he teased that he was going to team with called Brain Strowman. It was just Braun Strowman wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Honestly, would have been preferable. Because <laughs> then WrestleMania came around, and Braun was like, my partner is one of you. And he points at the audience, and oh, then a 10-year-old boy came down. Like, did people sign in waivers going in? No. no. I think this was like a backstage person's kid. Yeah. So it was a plant. It, it was one of the referees. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like he picked a random 10-year-old. Did that... he sign a waiver? Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I mean, yeah, basically... Braun did all the work, and then right. I think the kid got the pin. Yeah. Aww. So, yeah. Aww. And, like, it, it really was it was touching. The crowd did like it, and the following night, immediately on, on Raw the next night, um, the the boy said, or Braun Strowman was like, we have to vacate the titles because Nicholas has to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, basically, the, so that is 
the main thing of the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. There's a lot of people entered. It's mostly just about anybody who doesn't have a match. Yeah. Um, including <clears throat> Jinder Mahal. Right. And somehow uh, Mustafa Ali. And, yeah, it's uh, interesting. But... Yeah. Oh, I, just one thing I'd like to say is, so, like, this is the type of show that, or the type of match type that Kofi Kingston would have been mm. shoehorned into to do something very interesting in terms of not getting eliminated. He would have mm. tried to, like, climb things and get back in the ring or land on people. And my curiosity from this match, I mean, I think the ending is going to be Braun Strowman versus Colin Jost and Michael J. Yeah. But I think in between, it's going to be a question of who does what Kofi would have done, which mm. is find a creative way to stand out. It's going to be Ali. I think it's Ali. Yeah. yeah. Or Titus. Or um, not Titus. Apollo Crews. Oh, oh my god, t- I'm racist. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember Apollo Crews, but what about um, Ali do you think is going to make him stand out? Uh, because he's just like, he's similar, he's a similar high flying type to Kofi. Yeah. And he's willing to do some crazy stuff to just mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, stay in it. And he's capable of some very impressive uh, physical things. Right. So I think that will definitely uh, play out. Especially because he probably would be where Kofi Kingston is in this card if not for like him getting injured just exactly the wrong time. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um just to like square out the pre-show there's also a women's battle royale which Ooh. uh same idea but no celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> no celebrities, no Braun Strowman. Uh they more or less are just like Here's, here's the other ladies. I like the I like the format. You say it's similar to the Royal Rumble format. Yeah. But I like but I do like that format a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Well, the Royal Rumble's fun. These tend to last mm. uh, 15 minutes. Yeah. This is just, you know, essentially kill time to get people on. The most interesting thing is Asuka's in this one. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. I knew you'd love her. Yeah. Because she uh, lost the w- the SmackDown women's title. Um, She's probably the biggest name in that. I'm trying to pull that up here. She's the biggest name in the, like, roster of about looks like about 15 i'm just eyeballing this yep who are in there so yeah i i would expect her to win just because everyone's pretty mad that she lost the title mm. right yeah what i would like for the winner this year is to get something because naomi won last year and nothing came from it yeah she got a trophy and i mean there were all kinds of different things about the problematic naming of the thing because <laughs> yeah. it was named after the fabulous moolah last year who was kind of a lady pimp and yes. it's not now you're right. So I would like the winner to win something. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully something happens. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So, uh, what match do you want to talk about next? Let's uh, try to save the main event for last, but like... Joe and Mysterio. Okay. Uh, you remember Smojo? Joe? Oh, yeah. Oh, How yeah. would you describe him? Um, big, strong, kind of like um, a giant... Um, the human version of like the Pokemon Onyx. Okay. Yeah, perfect. I like it. Um, honestly, we should have you do Pokemon wrestler <laughs> calories. Um, That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. sometime. Uh, you are you familiar with Rey Mysterio? Yes. Mm-hmm. How you could pick a Pokemon? <laughs> I'll see. Rey Mysterio is that like? Um. Sometimes I conflate them with Cien Almas. Um, yeah, they're yeah similar styles. Right. Gosh, think of a Pokemon. <laughs> Maybe he's like the character Brock in the show, <laughs> going a little on a limb. No. Tries to be like the ladies' man. Maybe no, no, not at all. I'm, I would go I'm, with Pichu. Pichu, okay. Because he's tiny. Okay, um, yeah, I'm... 
It's like I, I've seen him, but I'm conflating yeah, okay. it with other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's basically um, that's another match that's happening. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the uh, SmackDown's U.S. title. Yep. Um, oh God, Onyx versus Pichu. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Go is, Pichu. Yes, which, <laughs> uh, as you know from Smash Brothers, Pichu's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, he is. He's a really good like yeah. shock power, good distance shock. Yes, Mysterio has exactly that. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely he's often put up against much larger opponents. Right. Uh, so. This is very much his wheelhouse. Uh, the reason this match is happening is because Mysterio pinned Samojo at some point. Right. Dot, dot, dot. Shrug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stating the obvious here, but they seem to make these, like, mat conflicts out of, like, the smallest things. Yes, yeah. I think uh, Champion got pinned by... X is a pretty standard way for them to set up oh, the title match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, Ray was feuding with um, Andrade, Cien Almas. Sorry, excuse me, now just Andrade. And then their matches kept kind of getting lumped in with whatever Samoa Joe was doing. So eventually mm. they just kind of split off into their own thing. Right. So it should be good, though, I think. That's, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, we have also got... AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Mm. Why'd you say that? Because usually AJ Styles puts on a very good show. So yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm glad to think so. Yeah, it's uh, it should be good. Uh, I think AJ Styles and Randy Orton are the kings of matches that look good on paper that disappoint me eventually. Mm. But I yeah. am. I think this could be good. I'm like, I'm hesitantly optimistic. I, I've been describing this match to you and other people as this is 2005 Dennis's dream match because yeah, yeah. I have loved Randy I loved Randy Orton from RNN news updates with his bad shoulder before he was in Evolution yeah. all the way through his first wellness suspension mm. and then he just wasn't in the main event for years but then AJ Styles put made TNA relevant yes he he basically did it himself when Jeff Jarrett and everyone else was tr doing everything that they do yeah so. I've, I've probably described this to you. He was basically another company's John Cena. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, like, roughly around the same time. So. Right. So, kinda, 14... Kind of get that vibe. Kind of get that vibe from him. Like, kind of the, you know, classic, all-American, um, yeah. good fighter. Like, I kind of get that vibe from him. Yeah. Which, like, also... Like, they're two guys traditionally for, um, for people who really like all parts of wrestling are guys who do really well in ring and don't really deliver on the microphone. And they've been killing it against each other because they don't like each other, and <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. That's always good when they when guys can be professional and yeah. make it part of the storyline. Because now I want to see them actually kill each other. Yeah, this is a match that uh, actually has some story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, it's uh, Randy Orton being like, "I've been here and I've been awesome," and AJ Styles has been like, "I've been awesome elsewhere." <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah. a turf war, basically. Yes, yes, a little bit. Yeah. Exactly that, because AJ Styles' catchphrase after John Cena worked less and less on mm -hmm. SmackDown was, "This is the SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built," which no one could do a better match at the time than he could. He eventually beat Dean Ambrose, became champion, mm -hmm. and was champion for a long, long time because no one did it better. And then Randy Orton had been kind of in parallel that whole time, and Orton has been consistently great in ring for years. Yeah. So the only difference between the two of them in terms of like their wavelengths of momentum is that. Styles is consistent and Orton is not. Yes, and I think uh, yeah, part of the 
the Orton's objection is that like AJ Styles has only been in WWE for like three or four years now. Yep. Orton's like I've been here for like twelve years or whatever it's been, or right. fifteen or years or however. Yep. So like, how can you say that this is your house? You know. So right. turf war. You're right. Yep. Yeah. It's, you're you're good at cutting down words. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. see. We did the tag titles. Remember about Royale. Uh. What do you want to talk about next? Uh, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. Okay. Yeah. This Ooh, is a, I like I like both of them. Oh, awesome! Yeah. yeah, and we saw a version of this match um, when we went to a house show, which you bought me tickets for for my birthday. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was like well, I think it was the first match where uh, uh, Bobby Lashley's manager Leah Rush was uh, on the mic the whole time. Lashley. <laughs> yeah. Lashley. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But here's the difference about this one: Finn Balor's not being Finn Balor at this one. Nope. Is he the demon again? Yeah. Yes, I was waiting for the demon to make a comeback. <laughs> Woo! Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, after all this time, even though he didn't do it for Brock Lesnar for some reason, yep. he was like, Bobby Lashley, oh. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in a makeup chair for eight hours for you. Yep. <laughs> I remember seeing the demon at NXT Takeover a couple yeah. of years back, and I think that was one of the top matches for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like you love that entrance, so Yo. we get to see that times like two. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's gonna be on steroids. This yeah. Time. I like your poll of just like I'll sit in a, a makeup chair for eight hours. I'll make myself so pretty for you, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hide your belt because I'm a wearer <laughs> on my head. <laughs> yeah, he. It's that's part of the reason why he doesn't do it so often because yeah. he has to sit like and just get paint all over his body for you know a few hours and then be like that for the event. Um, God, I'm trying to think of his Pokemon equivalent now. I feel like it's like on the tip of my tongue. Mm, I can't really think. Finn, of... Finn Balor. Yeah. I feel like he'd be a ghost type or a dark mm, type. Ooh, like mm. Eggins or coughing or. Let's see, or someone stronger than the two of them. Well, uh, wheezing. Wheezing. <laughs> that's the coughing. It evolved for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's the difference between Finn Balor and the Demon. One's, oh, one's yeah. wheezing, one's coughing. Mm. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that should be good. I, I'm, I'm very high on Bobby Lashley. I know we, we've got friends who are not. No, we, um, yeah. But this I'm, is true. I am, I am into him and like his whole act with the Leah Rush guy. So it's like. That should be fun. Yeah. Uh, that might also be very short. Um, they've really kept the demon un, uh, undefeated a lot, right? For the most part. So everyone loves to see the demon win. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The demon's only lost one match, period, which was against Samojo. Right. Mm. Um, let's see. Oh, we also got the best in the world, Shane McMahon <laughs> versus oh the Miss. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Yeah, the, you want to explain the story of this one? Of course, the McMahon family is going to make an appearance. Of course, yeah. and like that's a given. But the, for the story for this match is that um, the Miz has been just an obnoxious bad guy for years and years and years, and he's had one other time where he was a good guy, but he has basically been agreed on as like he's a natural bad guy, and so he was in. The tournament to crown the best in the world, which was this trumped-up tournament that they had uh, matches for, and then the finals at the latest Saudi Blood Money event. And the finals were him against Dolph Ziggler. For whatever reason at the event, he couldn't wrestle and was injured or something, and Dolph Ziggler wrestled Shane McMahon. Um, 
it wouldn't be a big deal, but it was an eight-person tournament, so you would have to be in the finals by winning. And Shane McMahon was just subbed into the finals of the tournament, and he won it. Yeah. So... To the be the, the best in the world. You know yes. what? It helps when your dad's the CEO of the whole yes. thing. Yes. And that's where this part of the storyline about fathers comes in. So The Miz it starts to just very strangely start to court Shane McMahon as a tag partner. And he uses the angle of, both of our dads aren't proud of us. Why don't we make them proud by being mm. a team and winning the titles? Shane McMahon, who is a good guy at this point, despite cheating by getting to the tournament finals through nepotism and then winning... It, and carrying a trophy around saying I'm the best in the world is like, okay, I'll, I'll team with you. And it's very strange. Weeks everyone's assuming Miz is going to turn. And then Shane turns instead. Yeah, uh, they Shane went, beat up. Uh, they lost the titles uh, at the last pay-per-view when Shane beat up the Miz afterwards yeah. in front of Miz's dad in Miz's hometown. Mm. Where, like, wearing <laughs> I'm, I like Miz shirts. <laughs> yeah. So, couldn't get more bad guy than that. Yeah. Oh, God. It was a long beating. It was about yeah. five or ten minutes. There was some, like, weird Shane McMahon MMA where he had, like, <laughs> actual submissions on The Miz but did him poorly. Yes. And, like, then, like, grabbed, cupped... He cupped The Miz's dad's face like he cupped a child's face. Like, oh, you're so cute. But, like, <laughs> in an intimidating way. Like we do it on Keaton sometimes. Keaton, ma'am. His ears perked up when I said that. Aww. Keaton's the best in the world. Yes. He is. He actually is Agreed. the best. I'm like Shane McMahon. <laughs> right. It's just, oh, it's also, I should add, that it's a false count anywhere, uh, which just means that they can do a pin or submission anywhere in the arena. It, like So it could end in like the concession stands. Oh. Or in like the parking lot. Right. Or like on the highway. Oh, gee. If the, yeah. Or driving yeah. home from the match. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I can't. He's setting up the turn signal. <laughs> I just wanted to make that known because there is a chance we're going to watch part of this match like on a big screen. Yeah. Oh boy. The, while they go backstage or whatever. Right. Oh boy. And historically, some of Shane McMahon's most memorable moments is he climbs on a high thing and then he falls off a high thing. Mm. So that's more or less what we're expecting. Yeah. If we if the stage has a high thing on it, we'd probably expect Shane to climb that fucker and mm. jump down. Yep. And lose the match because he fell down. Shelly yeah. flop? Yeah. In terms of just wrestling psychology, it's not bad in yeah. terms of, like, if you don't have the technical ability to beat somebody like The Miz, who's a trained professional wrestler year-round, yeah. you might as well do what you can do best. Yeah. I I mean, I've said this before. I believe Shane McMahon's uh, offense because his entire offense is, I'm going to throw my 45-year-old body at you, the, all my weight of it. Until you just lose. Right. Or until I lose. Because I threw my body at you, and now I don't have a body. Mm. Talk of the dad bod. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess Shane McMahon's a pretty good intro for what we should call the old man block. Oh, boy. Uh, we're also going to see Kurt Angle's retirement match. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, against what? Baron Corbin. I think I remember first seeing Kurt Angle. I think it was like some Eddie Guerrero match and yeah. he like kept trying to defuse the situation and then he was the ref and then he just like stepped in. Yes, yeah, yeah we watched uh, when I first introduced you to wrestling we watched a, a bit of like a Smackdown episode where uh, there was a match between I think Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero with oh, uh, yeah, 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 Kurt yeah. Angle as the uh, guest referee and then he turned on Eddie at the end and oh, they eventually yeah, yeah. had a, wrestle, a classic Wrestlemania match. Uh, and then he won it all. Uh, Eddie? 
No, Kurt. Kurt. No, uh, no, like, Eddie won that beer. Af- after Eddie won, then yeah. like didn't Kurt step in after and then beat him? Oh yes, yeah, he beat him up and yeah. then turned heel on that. Like took then like took the like belt from him. Yes, like? yeah. So uh, this one, there wasn't. Oh, I guess there is a ton of storyline for this one, huh? There, there's a surprising amount. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, because like when. So a couple years back, Kurt Angle was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yep. And afterwards, uh, he got signed on as uh, Raw's general manager, uh, which basically is like an on-screen boss role. Like, wrestlers come up to him and bitch about shit, and then he's like, well, now you're in a match with whoever you hate, whatever. Yep. Um, and at some point, Stephanie McMahon uh, thought he was doing a bad job, so had Baron Corbin be like a constable, which is not a real <laughs> any kind of uh, title but uh, Corbin just kind of became a, a thorn in Kurt Angle's side yeah they called him a constable because historically they've already called people sheriff so they didn't no. want to repeat it calling them sheriff that's true yeah playing so, with a thesaurus yes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever fake job title you can think of can exist in wrestling right um, so Basically, eventually, Baron Corbin got Kurt Angle fired or put on vacation permanently. Right. I think is how they put it. I think they were like, you're suspended or whatever. Yeah. Um, cut to a few months later, Kurt Angle's back. Excuse me, he's just wrestling. Um, and he announces that he's going to have his retirement match. And he was going to announce the his opponent, like, a week later. Which led to fans like me and Dennis, like, being like, oh, who's it going to be? I mean, he might, face, he might face John Cena, because John Cena was... Uh, or Kurt Angle was John Cena's first opponent in WWE, right. so that would be like a nice full circle thing. Or like maybe it's the Undertaker because they always find a way to put the Undertaker into WrestleMania. Uh, then he announced it was Baron Corbin, and I was sitting in that bed right there, and I yelled, "Fuck you!" <laughs> at the TV. <laughs> God. I, so, like, Jared and I have been making jokes together for years. It's basically like close, except for breathing air in the same room. It's how we communicate is jokes. And yeah. Like, th- we have the thread. We have the Russell Friends thread. Yep. And you were the first person to post it out yeah. of anger. <laughs> and I, I went about my day because, like, that's a joke. Yeah. And, like, I looked online and I saw it again. I was like, that's still a joke. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't accept My brain wouldn't accept it. Yeah. It's just, like, it's not... Because there's so much storyline, it makes sense. But, like, um, because it's, like, his retirement match... It just feels like a letdown, you know? Yeah. Like, have you... You've watched some Baron Corbin stuff, right? Um, I think I have. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, exactly. You don't really remember. Like, for... Yeah, I get for a retirement match, you'd want someone, like, more memorable against him. Yes, yeah. Which, I... Like, having seen Kurt Angle have a couple matches in the past few weeks, maybe maybe it's good that they just keep it short and sweet and something, you know? Hopefully. I mean, what, what frustrates me specifically about Corbin is that he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He yeah. competed in grappling tournaments before, I think he was like a, f- a professional football player and had injuries retire him, so mm. it's not like his style couldn't be more flexible. Like, right. We watch other companies where big men, just because they're big, don't wrestle a big man style. He can do more, they just don't want him to. So his match with Kurt could be, like, in terms of tapping into Kurt's legitimate oh, yeah. Olympic wrestling background That's a good point. could have a grappling match but they won't because yeah. in part and smart because Kurt's old and like would probably gas out but they could do more and they won't yeah well we'll see how that one turns out I hope that one's short uh, it, I have it uh, earmarked as a bathroom break for me yeah <laughs> we'll see we, we're gonna good, need good it good call good yeah. call yes we will 
we'll have to once we all have this preview all set, we'll figure out when we're going to the bathroom. Yeah, we're gonna be Matt. there for seven hours. Yes, exactly. Should coordinate that. Yes. Yep. Uh, let's close out the, what is essentially the main event of Old Man Block. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a no holds barred match with Triple H's career on the line. Yep. Uh, it's Triple H versus Batista, Dave Batista, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, remind me who Triple H is again? Oh. He is... He would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember when we watched WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan's, like, ascend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was Triple H. Triple H was Daniel Bryan's opponent in the first match of that. Oh. Yeah. He's, uh... He was probably the top heel for the, the um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Rock era. And now he's basically Vince McMahon's son-in-law. Right. So, he gets put in these, like, authority positions uh, and wrestles about twice uh, a year. So the his career being on the line is not the highest stake no. I can think of. No, because even if he loses, he still is going to have a job. He's not going to lose his marriage to Stephanie McMahon. He's not going to stop working at the performance. There's a lot that just says Yeah, this he's is... also like the head guy of NXT, basically. Yeah. So, um... I just... I just I love naturally your reaction to that because <laughs> imagine it just anybody who's read books for their entire life plays a video game and like picks up a Nintendo Switch like who's Mario because <laughs> like Triple H has been so important to the WWE for years but again he's not so uncool to Steve Austin he's not The Rock mm, he's not yeah. Hulk Hogan he's not the guy he's well, just an important guy people like casual or non fans would have heard of yeah 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 so but not he, for lack of trying yeah. <laughs> But he was great in his time, and uh, this should be interesting because uh, Triple H had a uh, he tore his pec uh, at his last match, yeah, which was not too long ago, and it was like a t- October. Yeah, it's been a close call whether he'll be able to do this, but he's in it. So uh, the, let's, let's talk about the story behind it, though. Yeah, it's fun. They, uh, I'll start. Um, Go ahead. It started with uh, Ric Flair. Uh, well, okay. It started way the fuck back when Dennis and I were teens. Yes! <laughs> uh, Triple H, Batista, uh, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair were all in a, a faction together called Evolution. Evolution. Yes. And uh, so, just know that. And then cut to a few months back, uh, Ric Flair turned 70. Mm-hmm. He did fucking somehow. Yeah. Uh, he somehow both made it and also isn't older than that. Um, it's amazing. Imagine a pinata full of party drugs, and <laughs> it's one swing away from busting, but it won't. That's been Ric Flair since 1974. Woo! <laughs> um, <laughs> but, so they hold this big 70-year-old uh, birthday bash for Ric Flair at Raw, and uh, they call out his, his old uh, his old opponents, uh, his friends, whatever, and Triple H has this big old heartfelt speech, and they're like, and now Ric Flair... And the camera goes to the back, and uh, they show Ric Flair's dressing room, and Batista's out there, and he drags a cameraman with him, shuts the door to the dressing room, then drags Ric Flair out by his tie. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then, uh, like, taunts Triple H, basically. And then uh, they set up a match. Well, they also had a a promo where they yelled, Give me one-on-one! Like, at each other for, like, 45 (laughs) minutes. 
Um, that's basically been the build. The the meme to that is legendary because yeah. like it's very easy with wrestling physicality, grown men in tights, grown women in scantily clad outfits to throw the Brazzers tag onto anything. <laughs> so somebody just like cut down the Batista and Triple H part, and it's just Batista going, "Give me what I want. You know what I want. Give it to me. Give it to me." And someone just threw the Brazzers logo on. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's basically it. I think Batista's. Is, is his character like, motivation that he, like, never beat Triple H, or...? His character motivation is that Triple H can't beat him. Yes. He won't okay. admit that he can't beat him. All right, yeah, and there you go. Tri- like, he has wanted to fight Triple H at WrestleMania since. Triple right. H won't fight him, so he right. tried to there kill Ric Flair to get him to do it. I was confused about the whole thing, because I've yeah. been half paying attention. Uh, well, I mean, can you can you deliver Batista's promo from Monday, please? <laughs> uh... Kiss my ass. Hard. Yeah, <laughs> that was the whole thing. That was it. Yeah, and he left. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. He did the whole entrance. Uh, the lights were down. Uh, yeah, Batista's actually he's he's doing great. He's always been doing great work, but yeah. like you know, this has been worth it. Um, mm-hmm. I hope the match doesn't result in either of them dying. I <laughs> want Guardians of the Galaxy three, <laughs> <laughs> and I like NXT. Right. <laughs> it's it's so funny to me that Batista before. So him and John Cena won the world titles on their respective shows at the same time. Yeah. WrestleMania 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cena for SmackDown, Batista for Raw. They ended up switching. But Cena started in Hollywood before Batista did. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, Batista no. started before Cena. Yeah. Um, it was just more to frame the point. Batista's a humongous movie star compared to Cena, who's doing uh, Chinese action movies right now. <laughs> With Jackie Chan. Big, yeah, yeah, that's why... John Cena's finisher is a is a weird punch thing now. Lightning um, fist. He just he does this. That's it. That's like the mm. way the punch works. Shuffles over. He yeah. extends his arm. He lightly taps you on the chin, and you go down. Yeah. Um. Does like cult do cultural appropriation rules like extend to fight moves? I don't think so. I mean, you're talking. You're on a podcast with a black belt in martial arts. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, the, the best I could speak to that is there. It used to be way easier in, like, the 80s and early 90s, especially for, like, if you were a dwarf or you were a wrestler under a certain height and be considered, like, a, sm- a small person, they would act them, have them act like children. And that's not really... It's it's more of just, like, infantilizing people than it is, like, cultural appropriation. Gotcha. Yeah. But historically, they had wrestlers like Tony Atlas, world-famous bodybuilder, be Saba Simba, and he just came out with yeah. a little spear and, like not great tribal looking gear so like mm. the precedents have been so poorly set in the past that it's yeah. harder for it to get away with and I think the storyline reason is that Jackie Chan gifted the move to John Cena somehow yeah so mm. you know anything that brings Jackie Chan closer to wrestling there we uh, go yeah uh, they're they're cousins in their own way sure um I get we got one non uh, Ronda Rousey going from MMA to wrestling that- yeah yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And she does it well. Uh, before, like, MMA had really crossed over, judo was something that yep. made it so that guys in the 80s made it easier to wrestle. So you were either, like, an amateur wrestling guy, a football player, or a judoka. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we have one match that's not for a title left in our descriptions here. Uh, we got Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Oh, I think I've seen them both. Yes. Uh, Definitely Drew- Roman Reigns, but I also remember Drew McIntyre. Yes, yeah. Um, Hashtag, why is your hair so dry? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, do you, you, I, I, should, I sent you the John Oliver thing, right? Yes, watched I made, watched it. He made fun of Roman Reigns having, having what, con- yes. constantly wet hair. 
And then the next, uh, the next night, Raw happened, and Razor's hair was dry as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a Maybelline ad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe he's born with it. Yeah. Maybe it's Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, uh, story for this one: uh, Drew McIntyre, Braun, no, not Braun Strowman. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin were against uh, Roman Reigns' old back in the Shield with Dean Ambrose and uh, Seth Rollins. They reformed because Roman beat cancer, and Dean Ambrose is gonna quit after WrestleMania. Yep. Um, so they were like, "Let's do it one last time." And then they, this, this bad guy group came around, uh, and the Shield won. And then Drew McIntyre was like, "Well, now I'll I'll beat the Shield individually." Yeah, he uh, did. Yes, he's yeah. more or less. That's been basically his thing. And uh, he beat up Seth Rollins some. He beat up Dean Ambrose a, a lot. lot. Uh, and now he's gonna fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. He's gonna beat the cancer into him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you like Roman Reigns? From what you've seen? I do. Yeah. Um, the thing is. Like, I like Roman Reigns and AJ Styles and, like, the big-name male wrestlers. Um, yeah. They just, like, don't stand out. Like, the kind of, like, classic yeah. guys don't stand out to me as much as, like, uh, Ricochet or Shinsuke mm. or the women wrestlers. Even yeah. though, like, I know they're really popular and really talented to right. me. They're just... Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, so that's that match. Uh, I think it'll be good, but we'll see. I'm just assuming Reigns hasn't lost anything. Yeah, one thing that makes me it just... Give pause for a second. So, as as progressive as WWE has really tried to be mm-hmm. with women's wrestling, and that's really who you you really gravitate yeah, towards. Yeah, absolutely. There's only two matches. It's yeah. just the the final royal in the main. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and the tag. So three, but yeah. that's still that's three out of sixteen. It's Six, really shitty. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Do you see the trend changing anytime soon? Or um, I hope so. Right. But it's gonna be time. I uh, think. So I think part of what I think is going to help with the Battle Royal this year is because there's so many announced names that are already on the roster, that means you have to call up people from NXT. Yeah. Just, like Casey Catanzaro and some other people, like the American Ninja Warrior contestant of yeah. the Mae Young Classic. The, um, a lot of the people who, like Candice LeRae, and I would imagine, um, if not Shayna Baszler, then the other horsewomen that are yeah. friends with Ronda Rousey mm. are probably going to come in. Um, yeah. And probably the Sky Pirates, Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I love them. Yes, yeah. yeah. And they'll probably be in the Battle Royal, yeah. and that's good. I think, like, we're kind of at a breaking point because, like, what's happening right now is that WWE doesn't want to let their current folks go because they don't want them to go to wherever their competition is, whatever. Right. But they're also signing a lot of people. So, like, NXT's, like, bottlenecked with, like, a lot of people that eventually have to go somewhere. Right. And then they eventually have to change some something otherwise they just have a bunch of unhappy people backstage uh getting free catering yeah. uh, which is starting to overflow into people's attitudes on twitter a little bit right so it's gonna be an interesting couple of years but we're like at the bubble the bubble's like mm. about to burst a little bit and it's one of those things, like you and i have talked about this with each other and the russell mm. friends and everything else of that like and in terms of original content every week that the wd produces with ross mack on all the other shows you have to have storylines that don't involve the titles. Yeah. So they ha- they have to start doing that more with the women wrestlers because of what you're describing. Right. Yeah, because then right, right now that's um, we'll talk about the women's titles in a little bit. Yep. Because we got we have three more the top three matches on the card. Nice. Uh, let's talk about Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins because that one has the least uh, storyline. Yeah. 
do it. Um, we watched the Royal Rumble. Yes. Seth Rollins won. Um, yeah. There's not really much to this other than that. Like, yeah. Um, it's and I honestly am very grateful for that because the Brock Lesnar just entrance into WWE in storyline since has basically been he shows up when he wants he fights when he wants he wins more often than he loses and you have to cheat to beat him if you're a good guy or a bad guy yeah he's that good mm. and right. there's a lot of resentment from so-called pure professional wrestling fans because it's. I, I don't know. Imagine if you owned a restaurant, you cooked all your original dishes, and McDonald's showed up every three months. Was like everyone eats a fucking Big Mac, and you're gonna <laughs> like it. Yeah. And then everyone's like, "No, this filet mignon, we actually." And like sometimes people like your filet mignon, but like, no, fuck you, Big Macs, and then leaves. And I'm like, I'll have the Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which like in fairness, sometimes a Big Mac is what you want. Yeah. And like with Rollins, he consistently from all the way up WrestleMania last year and a little bit before that to now has been arguably the best professional wrestler the WWE mm-hmm. has. He's the best wrestler. He's one of the best promos. His yeah. character's consistent. His motivations make sense. He works together with other baby faces, which the baby faces usually don't do. Yep. Like, the heels usually get the better of them because they're smart enough to team together and all the baby faces get picked apart. Rollins is... He, earned, he won the Rumble. He earned the title yep. shot. He's standing up to Lesnar, who yeah. historically bullies people, and now right. we're going to fight. Yes, yeah. Um, basically, the they haven't really done much with this because Brock Lesnar shows up once every three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the story is that Brock's almost lost to Daniel Bryan and Finn Balor, who are similar size to Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins is better than them. So yep. could he beat Brock Lesnar, who nobody likes now? Yeah. So that's that. That's the whole build. Um, Do you think they, like, write, like, him beating them in because, like, they know the fans don't like them and they know the fans like Seth Rollins better? Um, it's part of it. Yeah, I think it's, like, if they want to give us a happy ending, they'll do that. Yeah. Uh, I think last year, the story was, it was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar that they were building to, and the story was that, like, Roman's the guy who's showing up every week, he's having great matches every week, Brock Lesnar's showing up, you know, twice a year, whatever, he doesn't give a shit about the fans. There's like an episode where like he was around, but he wasn't even watching the show that he was on. He was like reading a magazine backstage. A hunting mm-hmm. magazine, yeah. Yeah, just to just to put a point on how like little he gives a shit about wrestling and wrestling fans. Yep. And then uh, that was like like after years of not being able to get people on Roman Reigns' side, it kind of started to work a little bit because people just are so tired of Brock Lesnar not being around. Because also if. Uh, someone's holding a title and they don't show up for three months you don't have a story with that title and it kind of creates this problem where you have a bunch of wrestlers who again don't have a story so it's, it's frustrating for fans from a meta level and so we're just, you know people want uh, Seth Rollins to win aside from just being a great wrestler uh, they just want Brock Lesnar to lose yeah and if Seth Rollins wins, the main title on Raw comes back yes. every week. Because yeah. at the moment, it means that Brock Lesnar only, when he comes back, that's the only time the title's there, which is mm-hmm. meant, so that should mean the Intercontinental title should mean more, the tag titles mean more, and they don't. So it's this potential domino effect of really positive lift of if you have the guy who everybody admires and wants to win the title be your leader, potentially fans get faith in the product, yeah. the storylines improve, it's this huge... Like a, a rising tide lifts all boats type of effect. Yeah. Of hopefully, I hope Seth Rollins wins, for that reason. Right. Yes. 
And then on the other side, for uh, SmackDown side, we have the WWE Championship match. Oh, boy. Daniel <laughs> Bryan. Oh, sorry. The new Daniel yes. Bryan. Uh, versus Kofi Kingston. Yes. Uh, Winthrop's own. Yeah, that's true. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Hometown um, hero. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Though they won't acknowledge that. No. But <laughs> he's from Ghana, West Africa, by way of Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. They, Kofi spent a lot of his early career uh, having a fake Jamaican accent. Yeah. Mm. To, to, to racism, yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we saw the, the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, yes. What would you think about that? I liked that a lot. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. So, is, is Daniel... Brian gonna do his like obnoxiously environmentally conscious thing. We hope. Yeah, I probably hope so. I think. Uh, I mean, the title is still made of hemp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um here's the thing. We're um, ever since Elimination Chamber, the story's been the New Day's been like, you saw Kofi in that match. Kofi deserves to fight Daniel Bryan one on one. But Vince McMahon, for reasons that they haven't explained, but on Twitter they have implied is racism uh yeah. as much as the new day can push that angle uh has just been like no kofi doesn't deserve it he's a b plus player which is the taunt that he used on daniel bryan mm. way back in the day yeah in triple h who uh no one knows uh used that on, <laughs> Dan- used that on daniel bryan before yeah. daniel bryan won the title five years ago yes so There's this continuation yeah. of this idea it's that like people an, aren't good enough it's like an inverse of uh, dan bryan's old story um so, basically, uh, part of the reason the fans got on Kofi Kingston's uh, side was because he performed very well in a gauntlet match for like an hour or on some random episode of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And then, so Vince was like, well, to earn your spot, uh, you'll have to do that again. And then he did it again, and he's like, but there's also one more guy, and it's Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan beat him. And then they had to earn their... Kofi, the, the whole thing is just Kofi not quite being able to earn the spot because the goalposts keep moving. Right. Uh, until, what was it, two weeks ago? Yep. When the... the new, yeah, so the New Day, uh, Biggie and, Z- and Xavier Woods got put in a gauntlet match. Like, Kofi had been put in a gauntlet match, but it was against teams. So instead yeah. of Kofi having to beat one person after another, they had to beat team after team, which included Shinsuke and Rusev, and it included The Bar, and mm-hmm. it included... Um, the club, not the Bullet Club, the club. Yeah. And it got to the point where they were just getting exhausted and they didn't know if they were going to be able to win and the Usos came out. And the Usos said, we fought you so much and we respect you and Kofi Kingston so much, we forfeit. And they left, which was awesome. It was this huge feel-good moment yeah. where good guys do, were doing the right thing. And at that point, it was just down to uh, Biggie and Xavier and they were very tired from fighting three teams. And they fought Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. And Eric Rowan's Daniel Bryan's big ginger uh, bodyguard yeah. who owns a vineyard and is a Mensa candidate and everything else. <laughs> so um, they win the match because it, it's this really smart booking where Daniel Bryan doesn't get pinned. Eric Rowan doesn't get pinned. Eric Rowan gets pinned under, like, shrapnel outside the ring. They throw a table on top of him. They throw furniture on top of him, and he gets counted up. Yeah. So... The, the New Day won it for Kofi, which is this wonderful uh, give back to the brotherhood of the New Day. They're goofy, they sell cereal, they make butt jokes. I, re- I remember them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember them. Yeah, now you do. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's all coming back to me. Yeah. Uh, let's see, am I conflating again? Were they also the ones who threw, like, pancakes into yes, the Yes, yeah. They have a lot of different <laughs> parts to their they gimmick. They like the whole breakfast gimmick. Yeah, yeah. unicorns, yeah. 
And oh yeah. They're yes. brightly colored. They sell tons of merch. They have mm-hmm. tons of charisma. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Right. And they love each other. And that's yeah. the, that's the thing that comes through is that these two guys who didn't have to do anything for their best friend chose to, and they chose to against a lot of odds, win and give him something that he the part of the storyline was w- was too much of a loyal employee and loyal person and good person to ask selfishly for something himself so they gave it to him yeah they earned they earned it for him in some yeah. ways and he earned it himself too yep and he uh, accepted it yeah which yeah it's interesting there's a good deadspin article about how uh, they're they like incorporated their own racist leanings into the storyline to kind of control it in their own way right yeah, i would recommend that um so, is there anything else to say about that one? Because it's like, it, it was very, it was moving when the Usos uh, yeah. uh, forfeited. That was I, 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 I gotta just, put that over as much I can. I would expand on that. When yeah. The WWE is obsessed with a couple things. One of them is just mainstream recognition, and the other one is gen- tapping into genuine emotion. And I'd argue that they don't deserve mainstream attention until they do a better job of presenting their products, because I think that's why when you lean into the main event of what makes Becky Lynch so magnetic, we're about to talk about oh, that. Oh, she's awesome. Is yeah. that she she comes, she comes jumps through the screen. Yeah. And that moment that Jared's talking about with the Osos and the New Day, you felt it. Yeah. It was two teams with history who knew each other, who fans wanted to respect each other, and they did. So that's when they deserve to get mainstream attention, mm. like the main event. Yes. Mm. The main event of... Uh, this is going to be for both the, the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh one winner takes all. Yep. Charlotte Flair is the SmackDown champion. Woo! Oh, I love her entrance so much. Oh, she's gonna have a great entrance for oh, this. Boy. I think they're gonna go all out. Versus Ronda Rousey, who's mm-hmm. the Raw champion. Mm-hmm. Versus Becky Lynch. Yeah, we can see Joan Jet live. Yes, we do get to see Joan Jet live for yeah. like probably four minutes or something like that. <laughs> but be, yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm not putting it down. I'm like, I'm as excited as you yeah, are. It's gonna be very good. Yeah, it's gonna be great. All three entrances, I think they're gonna do something special for. Yeah. I would hope. Yep. Um. Yeah, so I think I'll I can start this one. Uh, the story built itself ninety percent of the way back in November. Correct. Uh, they were gonna do uh, for Survivor Series. They have the two like shows fight each other, basically champion versus champion. They were gonna have Becky Lynch, who was at the time SmackDown's champion, versus Ronda Rousey, been Ross champion. Uh, they were gonna fight each other, and they did it. I'm. Becky did an awesome job building this feud because she's amazing at Twitter. Right. Uh, she's really great at like burning people verbally. Uh, I can tell, like even from like the appearances I've seen like on her shows, like it doesn't. She's like seems like a like no hold back, takes mm-hmm. no prisoners. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so they built it up, and then like a week before it was supposed to happen, uh, Nia Jax accidentally injured Becky Lynch's face, mm. and so she couldn't compete, and they just had to. Accidentally, huh? It was an accident, for sure. But like, it was not a, like a storyline thing. Like, I'll show you the video later. It's kind of it's become an iconic moment. Yep. Uh, but like because Becky was on autopilot and was amazing throughout, having a literally broken, bleeding face mm. and concussion. Yes. Yeah. She had a concussion, couldn't compete. So like they replaced her with Charlotte, and oh, they put that whole wrestling's fake. Yes. Yep. And they put that on hold until. Uh, Becky won the Royal Rumble, which we saw. Yes. Uh, do you want to explain what happened after that? Because they basically, my point is that oh they boy. they did ninety percent of the storytelling, and then they started it back up again with like two or three months of shows to fill up. Right. 
when they really didn't have the story to tell. So right. what happens when that is your situation, Ooh. Dennis? So what happens is they they feel they feel the need to fill the void that Jared's describing with with McMahon's. Um, <laughs> like you had said earlier about Shane McMahon, like of course there's McMahon stuff. So Stephanie McMahon gets inserted. Uh, Stephanie starts stirring the pot between the two of them. She starts saying that Becky Lynch isn't medically cleared to compete anymore. I think I remember that. Yeah. You mentioned mentioning something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. They said. Uh, because at the end of the Royal Rumble, her leg was all fucked up. Yeah. And they were like, you need to see a doctor about your leg. And you're like, you're McMahon's. You're trying to screw me out of the title shot I earned. Yeah. I'm not seeing a fucking doctor. Right. Uh, in so many words. Right. And and so they said, go see a doctor. She said no. It's like, well, we're going to suspend you. She said, fine. It's like, well, we're also going to take your Royal Rumble shot away. So there. And she goes, well, wait a second. Oh. And they go, no, not wait a second. Here's Charlotte Flair. She gets it. And she's like, no, really, uh, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, and replace her with Charlotte. Like, the wedge has already been driven so yes. deep. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those tropes that happens... It, every year with the McMahons is right. that they pick somebody, they handpick somebody, and in this year it was Charlotte Flair to give them unearned things. Last year it was Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. and it's nuts because Roman Reigns has always been pegged as a good guy. Charlotte is a bad <laughs> woman, so it makes more sense for somebody like Vince McMahon, who was the one who announced her as this tall, blonde, wrestling pedigreed, uh, who was Triple H? His wrestling pedigreed yeah. uh, guy. A woman and uh, she got title shots. She got slotted into WrestleMania. And Becky Lynch on the outskirts was like, "Okay, I saw a doctor." Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "Well, you don't get your title shots." Like that's ridiculous. You guys made all the rules and now you're breaking. Like, yes, we did. <laughs> uh, so then she fought Charlotte for the right to get back the match that she won in the first place. Uh, Ronda Rousey got really mad and started breaking the fourth wall in the background, where yeah. she was like, "None of this is real, and I would beat all of you in real fights." To which they all said. Shut the hell up! <laughs> like, we're yeah. trying to we're trying to give you the main event of WrestleMania to fight us. Stop yeah. doing that. To which she said, "No, but really, I'd beat you up." And eventually, we got to this past Monday. Uh, what what uh, have we called that? <laughs> I should I should add, uh, the match with uh, Becky and Charlotte to get Becky back into the WrestleMania main events. Uh-huh. Uh It ended with Ronda Rousey punching Becky in the face mm. to disqualify Charlotte. Which gave Becky the win, technically, and then, uh, yeah, so now this match is set. And then uh, it kind of simmered with nothing happening for a couple weeks yep. until this past Monday where Kick Fight 2019 happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I added a year to it because I am I'm so hopeful that they just do something this stupid every year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, so, it, have you seen it? I haven't sh- shown no, you. No, no. We'll, we'll watch it after the podcast airs. I wanted to save oh it as a surprise God. to you. Mm. Um, basically, the setup was just to hype up <laughs> uh, this match that's happening on Sunday. Yeah. Last Monday, they had uh, Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda all team up together against the Riot Squad. And the sti- oh, th- they're yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. But the stipulation was that if Becky, Charlotte, or uh, Ronda turn on each other at all throughout the match, uh, they'll get removed from the WrestleMania main mm. event. So they, they're basically... Gotta play nice. Yes, right. they were forced to play nice for just the duration of this match, which was about 90 seconds. Yeah. Um, I love the Riot Squad, and I wish that they got better than these 90-second matches. Uh, but as soon as that match ended, uh, who shot the first shot? Ronda? I, I don't even remember. Yeah. I just know that it, it, it was yeah. this chain reaction of them just beating the hell out of each other. Because right. the Riot Squad wisely was just like, nope, we're leaving. Yeah. Um, but the three of them just viciously started attacking each other. 
trainers, EMT, referees down, not yes. for an injury, but just to break them apart. Yeah, they people start. came down, like, security came down from, like, local, uh, the arena security, I guess, came down to try to separate all these women, and then they got the shit beat out of them. And then the cops came, and they kind of got the shit beat out of them, but they also had handcuffs. Right. So they handcuff all three women one by one. At first, they, they admonish each one of them individually of just, like, we are the police. They're not the police, but we are the police. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna arrest you if you attack us. And I think the first one who does it is Becky, because I think everyone's mm-hmm. expecting it to of be course. Becky. Of yes. course. So Becky gets arrested, and like Charlotte and Rhonda are taunting her, and I think one of them hit Becky, and then yeah. the police are like, stop that. And then that person <laughs> hits the police, and then they get arrested. And I think it was Ron- Charlotte second. Yeah. And then Rhonda Rousey's just like, well, if you guys got arrested, I'm the best <laughs> at real fights. So she gets arrested. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you would think that. That would end it, right? They're no. all arrested, you know. Of course, it doesn't. No. no, they all go backstage when they're trying to get loaded into cop cars. They're still kicking mm-hmm. each other and fighting. I call the kick fight because we've been calling kick, kick fight. fight. I think the fandom has been calling kick fight yeah. because they're all handcuffed, their hands behind their backs, just kicking each other. Yeah. Um, the cops load. They are used to like being held down and like kicking out of things yes. in like yeah. tight situations. That is true. Um. And in in it's it, it's funny again because the the valid point that Ronda Rousey's been bringing up for no good reason is that I if this were real I would win she would win a real kick fight <laughs> so she gets trapped in the back seat of a car with Becky Lynch they're both handcuffed and there's this moment that was absolutely scripted by the WWE and you know it and you feel it but you love it where they look at each other in the back seat across from each other pause have this like scowl mutually on their face yeah. and then just start kicking each other yeah. again yeah. in a car okay it's, so the oh. following things happen uh they <laughs> Becky and Rhonda kick each other a bunch of the backseat of a car uh Rhonda kicks out the window of the cop car that she's in yep uh at some point she gets in the front seat of a car and drives it into another cop car with her arms behind her back <laughs> yes uh Charlotte knees her in the head through a car window oh. it's a it it's, chaos yeah it's it's you know what? Like you saw the John Oliver thing. You, yes. you saw all the shit that was the ridiculous shit that John Oliver put out as examples of like yes. when wrestling is crazy. This was the latest example of that. I think mm-hmm. they saw John Oliver's thing and they were like, "Yeah, the independent contractor stuff, whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's go back to doing crazy shit." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want to talk missing about, the point of that whole thing? Yeah. Want to talk about concussions? We're gonna have Charlotte Flair knee <laughs> Ronda Rousey in the head. Give her a real concussion because she's a real fighter. She yeah. can really take it. Yeah. So. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, you know, it took them. I think the the feud lost its heat for like two months, weeks, yeah. and then it just kicked it back up. And it's like, all right, we got a main event for WrestleMania again, yep. and it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be good. So I think that that is the last match that we have. The other miscellaneous that uh, it's worth noting: uh, Alexa Bliss is gonna be the host, which means she'll probably intro something and probably get interrupted. That's and a- Elias is supposed to do a, a musical thing. That's uh, a very good term for oh. leftovers, is missile-mania. Missile-mania. And Elias will probably get interrupted by probably, uh, let's say The Undertaker. The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like John Cena, whatever. Or Jeff Jarrett as The Undertaker, who knows. <sighs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, just something to break up the matches right. a little bit. Right, which um, will be welcome at that point. So yes, we are in for a long... WrestleMania, yep. for sure. Yep. But are you excited for it still? I am. Yes, more excited than uh, when we started the podcast? I would say, like, now that I know the storylines, mm-hmm. uh, slightly more excited, but I also feel like the enormity of the day, too. Um, yeah, it's a little overwhelming, right? Yeah. Um, but I think we'll I'm have still a good, excited. Yes, I think we'll have a good time. We'll pace it out. Yeah. We'll uh, 
get up and walk whenever. Schedule our bathroom breaks. Right. Yes, exactly. So much of me wants Triple H's promo to be, instead of Are You Ready, to be, Are you aware of me? <laughs> <laughs> it, well, that could certainly target people like me. Yes. It, it's so funny, just because yeah. it, he's the type of person that is obsessed with people knowing who he is. Yeah. So for anybody not to is delightful. You know how you had the Mario analogy earlier? Yeah. I would say he's kind of like Luigi in that sense, yeah. where people are aware of Mario, but, like, Luigi's, like, the, like, like older, sometimes more powerful brother who, like, people barely think about, like, when they think about the franchise. I, I think that's apt. I think yeah. that it, it, it you could call him Luigi. You could call him Waluigi and really rub so, it in of just, like, he's not even knockoff Mario. He's knockoff Mario's, like, technically sound brother. It's kind of like how we look. We love Triple H for NXT, just like we love Waluigi as a meme. Yeah. But nobody actually plays as Waluigi. Exactly. Like, yeah, really. Yeah. You could win. You yeah. really, and his stats are really good, but you don't yeah. want to play as Waluigi. Yeah, yeah. Most, yeah, most people I know don't even play as Luigi. Yeah. I do. Mm. I, I once well, well, the thing is, you like you like to go with the underdog type thing. That's true. That's true. Okay. And uh, that has been our WrestleMania preview, guys. Uh, anything else you want to say signing off? Who is Triple H? <laughs> uh, what's up? Who is Triple H? <laughs> that makes me so happy. He's wrestling's biggest Motorhead fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> biggest leather daddy. Such a big Motorhead fan. He's had two two songs by Motorhead as his theme songs. Keaton, do you want to say anything about Triple H or WrestleMania? Kiss my ass, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to say anything? There's just too much. There's too much wrestling. Why? How is it going to be so much wrestling? And if it's going to be so much wrestling, when's food time going to be? <laughs> We're going to book Keaton in Kick Fight 2020 where uh, he's going to start kicking his toes. He's going to have four legs. It's going to be the mm. best advantage you can have in a kick fight. Yeah. Uh, this has been our WrestleMania preview at the WrestleDown. I'm Jared Palapal. This is Dennis Bruno uh, and Alyssa Spinner, our special special guest. Yeah. And Keaton the Kitten Man, our special mascot. Kitten Man. He's right by us, and he's saying hello. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 Skip it to Bebop. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>